Welcome to the Marketing Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Barker, and I've been chatting with Daniel Rodriguez. He's the Chief Marketing Officer at Simpler. And in our last episode, we spoke about how to improve your customer experience. Today, we're going to continue the conversation and talk about how flex specialists at Simpler and how they can help with CX. The specialists that you guys have, what do you guys call them? Like the people that, that, are, that are on your team, this is like a term that you guys use. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah, th- th- these, these are the flex, uh, these are flex specialists um, and um, the flexible specialists. Um, and, and, you know, there, it's a, you know, it's a very different group than I think your, your kind of traditional, um, you know, either call center worker, whether that's onshore or offshore, um, you know, these are, uh, you know, we like to do, you're, you're kind of giving me a hard time about, you know, Harvard. We actually talked about it's, it's harder to become a, a simpler flex specialist than it is to get into Harvard because there's a 1% acceptance rate. Um, you know, so we have, we have this really, really highly curated pool of people and it, and it's, and it's a lot of folks that, you know, customer service, like is their side passion, but a lot of them are military spouses. So we've got, you know, Americans that are stationed on bases around the, around the world. Um, we've got teachers that are supplementing their income. So 20% of our flex specialists have master's degrees. <laughs> you wow. know, um, we've got aspiring musicians that are using this as a way to make sure that they can kind of keep the lights on. But this is, um, this is, you know, we're really proud about that, that, that group of people because they represent people's brands, you know, and, and we, you know, we, as, a, as a, again, we're a technology and a people company, we've built technology that is helping to solve for a lot of these, you know, to eliminate a lot of these inefficiencies. Um, but, you know, we've got this incredible, incredible group of group of people who I will also say this, you know, and this is, you know, I don't want this to come across as too much of a dig for people that kind of, you know, build these um, contact centers and, and call centers, but those models have a hundred percent attrition. People yeah. don't stay in jobs for less than a year that they like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, job, those are tough staffing situations. And, um, you know, the people who are with us, they are signing on and they are resolving customer issues for different brands because they want to, (laughs) you know, they, they, they come to, it's, it's, it's flexible. They're, they, they, they want to be doing that. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, we were, you know, we were talking about the pandemic. I mean, it's very valuable, I think, for a lot of people to have, not only the work from home flexibility, but just when they want to work flexibility. Yeah, sure. So what time of the day do they want to be working? Um, you know, it's not the same as saying, Hey, you can work remote, but you still have to work from nine to five. You know, it's a very challenging situation for a lot of, a lot of households where you've got young kids and you've got people working, you know, both parents working. When do you get in your hours, you know, and, and, you know, you know, with our, with, with kind of the model that we've built and, you know, our team we've built, you know, the answer is, when you want, yeah, you know, and, and what kind of result do you get with that? You know, people are bringing a good version of themselves to work um, when, when that's happening. So, so yeah, so we, um, you know, we, we really love, you know, we really love the, the, the group that we have. Well, I love how you guys are putting that together because A, you guys are saying, hey, it's going to be somebody that's passionate about what they're doing when it comes to customer service and they're working when they want. So it's not this eight hour grind. Cause I'll tell you, I, there was a, you know, this is, I'm probably Shane 3.0 now. Shane 1.0 used to be in a call center for, I think I worked there, I think it was for like three days or something. Super awesome time. Loved it. It was great. 
calling everybody during during dinner time and they're hanging up on me telling me to screw off and i'm like no sir thank you so much hopefully you can leave <laughs> your house with me give me a call back if you need anything he's like yeah go die go to hell and i'm like cool thank you so much for your time <laughs> i it literally the funny part was and this is a true story at the end it was actually a buddy of mine's call center and he probably listens to this podcast so i'm not going to say his name but his name's Taylor. But anyways, he's here in Sacramento. He does mortgages. Um, and so what happened was they actually, by the end of the, the end of the week, and this is a funny, this is like a really a true story. They were like, all right, let's go and say how many hours that, you know, people were, or how many calls, how many calls they made. And they were like, John, you know, 365 calls, like, Hey, great job. And this is probably 20 years ago, you know, 15 years ago. Hey, Bob, congratulations. You know, 532 calls, Shane Barker, 14 calls. And I'm like, yep. I excelled, buddy. That's about two a day, three a day. And they're like, we're going to talk. And I was like, dude, I hate this. This is terrible because I didn't enjoy the job. I didn't enjoy what I was doing in eight hours. You know, by the end of your shift, you're just, you know, I think that the idea of flexibility and getting somebody to come in and work their two or three hours, you know, and get in and enjoy what they, what they, what they do, I think is just, I mean, it's, it's like, it's a gig economy, right? Like, Hey, you have somebody, especially when you're talking about the types of people that you hire that are people that maybe that don't have time to go get a regular job, but they're awesome people right? That have something to provide, especially to companies. I think that's awesome. You guys are doing that. Yeah. And you, you know, um, one of the things that, you know, we are testing people on, um, which I'm not sure if you had to take this test. Um, and I won't, I won't say whether or not you would pass it because I don't know you well enough yet. Um, but is, is the empathy quotient. Um, because, you know, some people want to just kind of fire off a response you know, because we're doing, we're doing, you know, all the digital channels, right? So some people just want to fire off a response. Um, and that's not, that, that's not the best foot forward for a brand, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we have this really high bar around empathy and we've got, you know, you know, again, we think of ourselves really as a tech company and part of our technology is actually helping us bring on the right people. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the, um, I think part of the, you know, part of that kind of secret sauce, you know, is just having people that then score so highly on these empathy quotients um, because they care. And I, and I think that's the question. If I was a brand or a company, I would say, why would this person care? And it sounds like you guys do testing. You guys, you know, put them in a position where they'll have to say, hey, I mean, how empathetic are you when it comes to just being human, when it comes to understanding what people are going through? And I think that's extremely important. And so when you talk about the empathy, so you guys obviously do some major training in regards to making sure that once again, there's a, there's a certain standard of individuals because there's thousands and thousands of people that can work from home, right? I mean, hundreds of thousands. And so you guys, sounds like you guys are getting the top of the top there. Yeah. I mean, we, we like to think of it as it's the, you know, it's the, it's the creme de la creme, you know, of, of people out there that are looking, looking to do this stuff. And um, um, it's, you know, there's a, there, there is a very sacred feeling. I think that a lot of leaders at companies have around who will we let interact with our, with our customers, because that bond is one that if it doesn't work, you know, can't easily be repaired. And I think that they have, they have tried to um, mitigate any of the risk around that by putting very strict training regimens in place. Um, and saying, okay, you have to, you have to, you know, go through this two-week training process or one-week training process, and then you will be on brand for us. And the reality is, some people, you know, they might forget about that by, you know, whatever, you know, month one or two, and um, and it's it's just a really it's a really difficult thing. We we kind of solve that with technology in a really savvy way. You know, we've got machine learning and AI that's actually, you know, basically 
helping people be on brand in a way that is then not going to misrepresent the company. Um, and so I think that that's some of the stuff that's, that, you know, we're really excited about because, you know, uh, it's hard to see, but it, you see it in the results, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and, um, and, you know, I will also say like, you know, people that are happy and coming to work, like interested in actually, like, I'm, you know, I want to solve some tickets right now. I want to actually help some people out. I want to resolve these issues for people. Um, you know, and we, we get these fun notes that, you know, get, get passed around. Um, it means a lot to people to be able to have this, you know, have this flexibility in their own schedules and in their own lives. You know, um, it's, you know, for some people, you know, the difference right now between a really, really difficult spot and really like more than staying afloat and kind of thriving in their own way in, 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 in a pandemic, you know, in, in, a, in a place where, you know, opportunities are harder to come by for many, yeah. many Americans. For sure. Well, and another thing is, is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about when it comes to like the, I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna let you answer this. What are like the major benefits for like, when it comes to customers, so like working with a flexible specialist, like I have some ideas in my mind, but I want to hear it from you. Like, what are some of the major benefits if you were, you were looking at this and saying, hey, I really need some help with my customer service. What are the benefits to having a flexible specialist? I feel like we've already touched on some of them, but give me a little rundown. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, th I think one is that you're actually, you know, interacting with a human. And many what, people- What's a human? Yeah, I'm exactly. Google that. You know, um, is that like a bot? Is that a bot's yeah. baby? A baby yes. bot had a baby? Okay. That's, that's the, I mean, you know, um, I think that so many people want to interact with people and so few companies are able to figure out how can I make it so that that can happen? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's, I, I think that's, that's a huge piece. Um, you know, we talked, we talked a little bit about this, but just the, you know, the, the, the matching of the cost to my actual need, because that cracks the code for a lot of people on, I'd like to staff up to the level that I, you know, my customers expect me to, but I, I can't, I just can't afford to do that. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I, I think, I think those are, I, th I think those are, you know, two, two huge things, you know, and, and we also, you know, we're also going on our own journey here, right? I mean, we aren't just thinking about um, how do people make sure that they can solve for keeping the lights on 24 seven because it's the internet and the lights are always on 24 yeah. seven. That's what we're doing today, you know, but we know that companies want to be able to get better at their customer experience over time. They want technology that's also going to help them figure out how to play offense rather than defense. Yeah. And they want to be able to diagnose pain before they're experiencing pain. And they want to be able to see more about what is actually going on with their customers. And so we want to be able to take that journey with people and go on that journey with them together. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. I, I think just the flexibility of the, the working schedule and the fact of, once again, the question of like, okay, if I'm, um, you know, somebody's buying stuff, doing something online 24 hours a day, how do I, how do you staff for that, right? And this is that flexibility. And I think having people that love their job and, and enjoy what they're doing and obviously putting them through, you know, extensive testing to make sure that they're going to be, you know, somebody that's passionate and has an empathy um, in their blood. And I think that's awesome. I think it's what you guys have created there is, is a good way to go. You know, I was thinking about this as you, when you were talking, 
you know, I remember Southwest, I don't know how many years ago this was, that Southwest big thing was like, hey, when you would call, somebody would answer. And I remember thinking, that's just crazy. And like, I would call, like, and I would just keep hanging up and she'd just keep answering. I was like, this is amazing. Like, that's really a human. You know, I didn't really hang up on her, but you know, like, it's a huge, like, it was just crazy that that was, and if you think about it, it's like, that's like the bottom level of customer service. Like the fact that just a human answered the phone. I was like, holy smack, well, like that was a real human, you know, like this is, and this is nuts. And, and it's like, wait a second, it should be somebody that's talking. You're, you know, so it's like, it's just so funny at that time. I just remember thinking, and even now you have airlines and stuff, obviously with whatever's going on, but it's still difficult, right? It's still a difficult time for even them to, to knowing that that's, that's better. And I understand it's a cost thing, but now you have that flexibility with, the, with what you guys have put together. Yeah. And airlines, you know, we, everyone loves to pick on airlines and, and there's good reason to pick on airlines. You know, airlines are not like a traditional e-commerce retailer because airlines are an oligopoly. There's only a few providers. It's just like, it's just like your cable provider. There's only a few options. And because there's not a lot of competition, there's not a lot of options, you have to then put up with terrible service, basically, you know, yeah. unless you are paying through the nose to make sure that all of those service things go away. And you are paying for, for that, directly for that. Um, but in, you know, in, uh, in the e-commerce retail space, you know, or in the, you know, restaurant space, you know, a lot of, you know, types of customers we work with, it's highly competitive. And people yeah. can, people, it's not that they will never be your customer again, but in that moment, in that time, maybe they will not be your customer that yeah. time. And maybe they will then fall in love with another brand and become less and less of your customer. You might lose them altogether. So, so it is critically important that just because you are bigger, because we work with, you know, companies that are bigger, they tend to be bigger, you know, um, uh, you know, there's some, some, you know, big is, is a relative term, but you know, um, if you've got, you know, $100 million of, of, of revenue, you know, you're, you're probably experiencing a lot of these pains. Um, and it is so fascinating to me to think that, you know, you will stop. I think when you're smaller, you're like, I'm going to smother my customers in love because holy crap, like that's what I need to do. And then as you get bigger, you start like thinking about optimizing and these like terrible businessy words that really mean I'm going to start ignore you uh screwing over my customer <laughs> yeah. 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 or de not de not screwing them over i'm devaluing them yeah. and, and when you get devalued it is exactly the type of experience you're talking about and like you know and i don't feel important like i don't feel like i matter to them you know yeah. and and i think that in many ways you know what we are doing in the market is we are we are saying you know Yes, you do. You do matter a lot, you know, and in that moment where things might be challenging or you have a question, you know, and you're uncertain about what, you know, something to buy or whatever it is, like you matter a lot because, because you do, <laughs> you know, Thank you do whether in, the, in that purchase or in the, in the out, you know, days and months and years, um, you do matter a lot. Well, Daniel, you matter too, man. Thank you so much. I know we, we're, we're in the podcast looking at each other and you just told me that I matter. So I do appreciate that. Maybe you were talking to the people out there in the podcast world, but I, I felt that vibe, buddy. You matter too, buddy. I want you to know that. I want you to know that. So, all right. I'm cracking, up. I'm cracking up over here. We're at the end of this podcast, which this is, this is the hard part. This is where we, we break up and we probably won't see each other. Hopefully, well, not hopefully. I mean, it's because of COVID. Anyways, another conversation. So I do want to talk about your, your Mr. Level 2 wine tasting certificate. What do we, what oh, we yeah. got going on there? I know 
I'm not saying you're an alcoholic and I'm not saying you're not, but I'm just saying like, tell us about what you got going on there. What is your go-to one? I'm going to switch this up. We're a little personal on you. Yeah, no, I, um, I do, I, I do love, uh, love learning about wine, tasting wine and also, uh, swallowing it, um, drinking Hello. wine. Um, yeah. and, um, I have been, um, I've really been, so, so because of this, I would, I would characterize myself as a wine snob. I, I will just throw this out there so that, there Hey, you're going to judge me for, for this. And that's totally fine. Um, I've, I've completely gotten over feeling judged about that. Um, so, you know, I started learning a lot about wine because I, you know, was fascinated about it. I was like, you know, Hey, why is this wine darker than this one? And what, what, yeah. what makes all of these things happen? And it's a freaking rabbit hole. I'll tell you. And the, yeah. the level of certification I have is like relatively junior, but I, you know, it, it's, it's given me enough, um, you know, enough ammo to feel like I'm dangerous. Like people yeah. ask me, you know, Hey, what should I get off this wine list or whatever? You know what I mean? I, I generally know what's going on. Um, and, uh, and, and right now I've been really obsessed for the past few years with, um, with wines that are from uh, Napa, but are grown up in the mountainous regions. So the mountain fruit in Napa, and I'll give a shout out to Spring Mountain Winery, which is also on Spring Mountain as a geographic location, um, because the, that wine has, has, really, has really been my obsession. Awesome. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Back in the day, because I was having the restaurant industry, I, I have a wine cellar and have some really good wines in there. And I've kind of fallen off on wines and gone to beer because I'm Irish and we just have to switch back and forth to, for our liver, I'm assuming. But yeah, man, I, I've got, well, if you ever come out to Sacramento, I've got some good wines. I don't, hopefully, you know, I get a little nervous, open them for you, but you, at least you appreciate it. I remember one time I opened up a really expensive bottle. I won't tell you how much. And my brother slammed it like right in front of me. He's oh, sounds good. We hadn't seen him for a few months. Oh, sounds good. He finished it. And I was like, you owe me some money. You owe yeah, me money for no, not appreciating that. Like I, I damn you. I, I promise you that, uh, that when we get to do this, I will, I will, uh, I will not chug the wine. I guess that's, you said I matter. I know I just want to make sure you're not going to chug the wine. Last question. This is a quick one. Three people that if you could have dinner with dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I mean, I guess I have to have LeBron James cause we were talking, we, we were talking about LeBron. LB. Um, I, I think it would be, I think it would be amazing to meet, uh, to meet Harriet Tubman. Mm. Um, I, I grew you know, in Ohio, we are on the underground railroad route. So the homes in uh, the part of the underground railroad, I remember like you, there, there was like a tour you could go and, um, uh, as part of school and, you know, like see like the trap doors and everything. It's just like totally, totally fascinating. Um, and then I think I would love to talk to my own dad who's alive um, when he was my age uh, um, and just be like, Hey, you know, what are you, you know, what are you seeing right now? Like, what is, you know, because I have no recollection of my dad at my age because that was yeah. when I was, you know, born basically. So, um, you know, I know who he's seeing. He's seen your mom. I'm thinking nope. that's probably how you came about, right? I mean, that's probably what he's seeing. <laughs> cool. Daniel, hopefully you get to LeBron. T- take your dad to dinner. Ask him about, you know, dad 1.0 is probably dad 2.0 now. Um, here at Tubman, that's awesome, man. That's, that's something I've never even thought of, but I'm sure the history there is so rich. It's absolutely amazing. So, Daniel, you, man, you're a good guest, buddy. That was some fun. We had, a, we had a good time on this little podcast here. I'm serious. You come out to Sacramento or California when it's not on fire. You're more than welcome to come on out here. We'll, we'll get some good wine. If I come out to Boston – then we probably shouldn't tell anybody. We'll go out there and have a good time. That'd be good. We can social distance. I'm not sure anyone's flying anywhere right now, but if, if that happens in the pandemic, um, I, I too have a wine cellar and we can, uh, we, we can have some fun social distance in, uh, in my back patio. Now that I know that you have a wine cellar, I'll start walking since I can't drive or fly. So that's perfect. All right, brother, man. 
Take care, man. We'll talk Thank soon. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Bye. For the reasons why Simpler relies on flex specialists to their intense selection and training process, we've covered it all. We also spoke at length about the different wines that Daniel enjoys. Next week, we'll be back with another fun episode at Shane Barker's Marketing Growth Podcast. So stay tuned. Also, if you want to improve your customer experience while scaling your business, you should reach out to us at shanebarker.com. Our team will not only help you promote your band, but will also improve your customer experience by working on your website. Stay tuned to Shane Barker's Marketing Growth Podcast. Oh,